Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. We have memorized Anfield, how it was born, and who we have been, and where. In ceremonies and silence, we say the words, telling the stories, singing the old songs. We like the places they take us. Mostly we do. The great and all the anonymous dead are there. We know the sound of all the sounds we brought. The rich taste of it is on our tongues. But where are we going to be? And why? And who? The Anfield past would like to know. We mean to be the people we meant to be. To keep on going where we meant to go. Welcome, you plump and enticing profiterole, to another exciting episode of Cop On Podcast. Those opening lines were almost by the American poet Miller Williams, although you may have noticed I changed three words. If you enjoy our show, please, may I ask you to share it, perhaps pass it on, WhatsApp this episode to family and friends, pass it on to any Liverpool fan you may know, be they your local dentist, coroner or porn star, whoever they may be, they are all invited to cop on a podcast dedicated to the worldwide LFC family. My name is Owen, and what a week it's been. Liverpool strutted into the knockout phase of the Champions League with a disco victory over Salzburg. Then we had the great news of Minamino. Then the marvellous Kloppo news. And then Jimmy Milner extended his stay an hour joy before business as usual with what I thought was another ravishing result over Watford. Onwards, upwards then, out of the stratosphere we go. Thank you enormously for listening. Enjoy. I'm thrilled to be joined by Yusi in Finland and Brian in Hong Kong. Uh, at the moment, uh, 31 minutes have gone between have been played between Leicester and Norwich. There's all manner of things kicking off. Somebody's holding their throat. The ref's going to look at VAR. He's waving people away. But Norwich are winning 1-0. Pookie, a pookie party. As Ian Nacho, I hope he's okay. He's on the floor holding his throat. It's crazy stuff. But I tell you what's, what's not surprising for me is that Leicester seem to be rattled. They're rattled because of Liverpool. They're rattled because of us. And this is no longer the Rocket Reds. This is no longer just the Relentless Reds. These are the Vampire Reds. The Vampire Reds that are sucking the blood out of all of our rivals. Brian, Liverpool 2, Watford 0. It's great being a vampire, isn't it? Oh, ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. I'm sitting in front of the Christmas tree. The lights are shining. Uh, what more do you want? Liverpool haven't lost a game of football all season. It's about 10 days before Christmas. I'm just in dreamland. It's extraordinary, isn't it? You see, how are you feeling after that glorious win? I have to say I'm a bit surprised about my own reaction here because we're, once again, we have the three points and I feel a bit flat. Because I wasn't entertained, maybe enough. But we're, we're getting spoiled with all these results, and I, you know, when was the last time we actually lost in the Premier League? It's it's getting silly now. It's yeah, we're, we're breaking all sorts of records, and 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 uh, I'm one of the positive people on Twitter, at least. <laughs> that and even my, um, I find myself a bit, you know, like uh, disappointed with with the entertainment that I got today. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. It was far from the best performance, was it? Uh, but this is the kind of win that I've I've really been enjoying this season. I know what you mean because it wasn't. We could have played a lot better, but uh, I thought uh, I thought we defended well, apart from you know Virgil missing a one on one with Allison, uh, and uh, you know. 
apart from that crazy 10 seconds, uh, we, we defended really well. And, uh, you know, we attacked fairly well with uh, Mo Salah and Sadio in particularly sparkling form. But, uh, yes, we, we could have done better, I suppose. But top of the league, let's put this in context for you, Brian. I'm going to do this as quickly as I can. Um, our results this season in the league, because I think we get we get too bogged down into looking at each match per match. Put this in context, right? We beat Norwich at home 4-1. We beat Southampton away 2-1. Arsenal 3-1. Burnley 3-0. Newcastle 3-1. Chelsea 1-0. Sheffield United 1-0. Leicester at home 3-1. We drew with the scum, the demons, the devils of Manchester United. We uh, beat Tottenham. We beat Villa. We beat City. We beat Palace. We've beaten Brighton, Everton, Bournemouth and Watford. I'm an asthmatic and I need to sort of have a little break from, from, from talking you know, with all of these wins we've had. Um, so whew, talk us through. I mean, you know, we're going to win the league now. Are we? I don't know. No. Yeah, of course we are. It's awesome. No, I mean, I think that the reason why we're getting all these wins and uh, and the reason why I can take uh, um, uh, pleasure in this game tonight, I, I, even though it was it was very frustrating at times. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure we'll go on to talk about it later in the show, but the the, the officiating in the, in the game today was just shocking, uh, left, right, and center, and I think. In in day in games gone past in previous seasons, um, players' heads may have started to drop, um, thinking you know we're not getting anything here. Uh, our goals are being ruled offside. Uh, this referee is a complete idiot. Um, and the amount of times I've been watching Liverpool over the years, where a couple of really bad decisions have gone our way, have not gone our way. I mean, and you know, in the back of your head, you're thinking, I hope that doesn't. I hope that doesn't ruin the game. I hope it doesn't decide the game. And uh, this lot just don't accept it. They just, you know, you, you could see um, uh, it, it was telling that the the second that that Mane goal was rolled incorrectly offside, Mane was geeing up the crowd instantly. He was like, come on, let's get at it. So uh, the reason why we've got all those uh, wins back to back to back to back because it's been about six of those games, if not more, that were kind of marginal, like marginal in performance or marginal in terms of decisions not going our way. And like, I think one thing that the average football fan perhaps doesn't really uh, uh, understand, I mean, these, these players are just humans, right? They're, they're, they're carrying a lot of injuries and knocks and soreness and, you know, they're not machines. They can't just turn up every day like, a, like it's FIFA and just roll it out. But uh, but the mentality monsters, that's the big thing now. They, they, they go out onto whichever pitch they're playing on with just one thing in mind, just finding a way to win, you know? And, ah, uh, oh, I mean, I just thought about this just before the show. It's like, literally, we haven't lost a game of football <laughs> all season in the league, and it's nearly Christmas. It's bonkers. It really is. I mean, I, I mean we've literally overtaken Man City now as potentially the best premiership team, you know, in, in, in the modern, I mean, well, uh, in the last uh, 20 years for sure. Anyway, I, I'm just loving it every single week, every game, loving it. Don't care how we win as long as we win. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. But you're right to, oh, I think uh, Leicester have just scored. Tim Krul has flapped one into his own goal. He's been paid. He's been paid. City, you know, the conspiracy, the, the oil barons have paid him, I'm sure. Um, no, um, uh, uh, you mentioned the referee first off. I mean, that's a very good answer. You mentioned the referee. I was going to talk about it a bit later, but let's let's just jump right in. I had a look, um, you know, at some synonyms uh, of of adjective when when somebody is just not skilled. Um, I'll see if I can find them. Hang on, they're on my list of things to talk about. Yes, um, you see, um, English is not your first language. Your first language is Finnish, but your English is absolutely superb, so I congratulate you for that. Which of these words best sums up the referee for you? Hang on. Incompetent, incapable, awful, helpless, amateur, inept, inexpert, or poor? That's your choice. Or maybe you thought he was good. 
Um, I'd go with poor. That's very diplomatic of you. I would say incompetent, but okay, yeah. I mean, what did what did you make of it? With the VAR call as well, John Moss, another armpit offside, uh, and in general, Andre Mariner. If he was a, an amateur referee and on a Sunday league, you would still have a problem with him, wouldn't you? Yeah, but uh, in all honesty, um, Andrew Mariner is not one of the referees that have had a problem with before. Sometimes he's been poor, but actually he's been favoring us before. But this time, I don't know. Uh, on the VAR decision, as I saw the first replay before they were actually checking the goal on VAR, I thought it was offside. Then I saw the replay from VAR, and then I started drawing the lines, and I felt like, you know, this is just ridiculous. Because it seemed like it was clearly onside, but I don't know. The first replay, I was. That's certain that it was upside, but it doesn't really matter too too much to me now. Uh, I I don't really care. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> well, We're gonna we win these games anyway. We 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 just we're basically unbeatable at the time. Absolutely, yeah. No, of course, it doesn't really matter. Look at the league table. We're absolutely extraordinary, aren't we? Absolutely, totally. Um, and when you saw the lineup, you see, uh, we had uh, Gomez at the back, of course, with uh, Lovren uh, out injured, uh, Milner at left back, Shakiri was in. Um, you know, you texted me beforehand. We, 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 were, we were quite optimistic of a, of a, of quite a big win here today. It didn't quite transpire that way, but uh, were, were you happy enough with the, with the lineup and 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 a four-two-three-one? How how do you think it worked? Yeah, I was really optimistic with with the lineup. I, I thought there were some changes that we made that were the same ones as I told you that I would make. I, I was hoping us to uh, rest Robo because I thought we wouldn't need him for this game that much, and uh, it really turned out we really did. Uh, as soon as he came on the pitch, we were a lot better. And and. I have to say, I love Millie a lot, but he didn't have his best game today. And he was beaten for pace a couple of times. Uh, maybe he hasn't been playing as a left back for a certain time now. And he, he didn't have his best game. But, but And not only did he not like have the same sort of uh, uh, drive to go forward as Robertson does, although nobody else on the planet does, but... Anyway, he was also a not. I wouldn't say a a, a liability, but he was he was a little bit uh, suspect at at, at defence. And uh, the lineup was something that I was hoping and expecting us us to have. Shaq playing as as you and I both were expecting, and he didn't have a bad match. That uh, goal that he assisted for Asario, which was ruled upside, a brilliant cross. He was uh, doing some good stuff there. Also, I don't know. I, I I don't think I don't think it was the lineup. It was something a bit pedestrian of of the whole whole team, and I I can't really blame them because thinking about how Watford have played all season, they weren't supposed to be a threat that much anyway. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that. Yeah, absolutely. With with the. Watford's form coming into this match, um, pretty woeful, as you would expect from the bottom team in the Premier League. Uh, they had, or still have, the worst goal-scoring record in all four of the top leagues in England. Um, and uh, only four times in Premier League history has the bottom team beaten the top team, as Jason McAtee has said in on LFC TV before the match. I, I found that stat quite surprising. Uh, but uh, Watford, I mean, if they could shoot, Brian, they would be quite decent. The XG from that from that game was uh, was quite typical of their season, if you look at it. Um, 1.57 for Liverpool and 1.01 XG for Watford. But the problem with XG is that it isn't G. What did you make of them? Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, the first... 10, 15, 20 minutes of that game, it was tough going, you know. It was like, Jesus, we couldn't get out of our own half. Um, I'm quite surprised. I think I think Klopp is as well. And a lot of people in football are surprised that Watford are where they are because I remember them from last season and they were 
bloody dangerous side. They played some nice football, um, nice passing football. Um, but the problem, obviously, is in front of gold. I mean, they're just awful. Wow. I mean, the commentator, I think Jim Beglin said, oh, it's not a shot on target, but it wasn't even a shot on the ball. <laughs> just a swing and a miss uh, right in front of the goal. So, I mean, if, if they had any kind of striker up front today, we would have been in a lot of trouble. Um, and uh, that, that manager, um, Nigel Pearson, he, can, he, he usually gets a tune out of most teams. Um, so I mean, I, th- I thought they were, I thought they were a pretty decent sides. I, I thought um, Delafeo was scaring the life out of me. Uh, every time he got the ball, I was, I was, I was on the edge, um, and it, I just felt like he could, he could stick it in the top corner any second. Um, so I think perhaps we, we gave him a little bit too much uh, freedom uh, down the wing. But otherwise, I mean, I, I think overall, we managed them. Uh, you know, it was a hard, the conditions were brutal out there today. The, the wind was all over the place. Um, so, I mean, again, the, with the exception of the, probably the last 15 minutes, I was a little bit nervy. But overall, I just thought well, we're just going to find a way to make this to, to make this happen and manage the game. And 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 we did that for the most part. I mean, they had their they had their go. The most they were most dangerous that first 15, 20 minutes. I felt. But then as the game went on, we did, we did what we just do to all teams. We just grind them into dust. You know, they, did, they, they pressed us, um, you know, quite a lot in the early stages. But there's no, they, they can't keep that up for 90 minutes. Otherwise, they wouldn't be at the bottom of the league. Um, and as, as the game went on, the usual story, you know, began to show itself. Um, but yeah, and I mean, if they, I mean, they need to sign some players in January for sure, otherwise they're going down. Yes, yeah, a very good answer. Lots of things to think about. Deo Lefeu, yeah, you said he was frightening you. He was frightening me too, and I'm sure you too. You see, um, they were pretty good, but yes, uh, toothless. You know, as opposed to the vampire Reds, they were just sort of, you know, the geriatric toothless bunch. I mean, they were they were very very good in 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 stages. But what I liked about our first half performance is that Watford they seemed to have a clear plan for me uh, to be very very compact. You know, to to and they, you know, they wanted to defend the centre so well and, and, and uh, not, you know, didn't really press Milner, for example, when he had the ball at left back or, um, you know, but the problem, our, I mean, our advantage, the problem for them, our advantage is that Trent is so good with the ball that as soon as I noticed that as soon as he got the ball on the on the flank, they had to break their compactness and they had to go and close Trent down just because he's so dangerous. You can't just leave him. So that left more space on the other side uh, of the pitch. And so then Trent or Shakiri could play, you know, so we saw some beautiful passes, didn't we? Especially in the first half of, you know, 60, 70 metre crossfield passes that were drawing the oohs and the ahs from the Liverpool fans. I don't know what it was like in the pub in Finland, you see, but um, there were some nice passes in that first half crossfield, but we couldn't quite do anything with them. Um, And I wonder if, you know, in attack, what was missing? Was it the fact that maybe... Bobby Firmino was tired, or was it that Watford were just too central? They defended well. Should we give them credit, you see? What do you think? I think it was a bit of both. Uh, Bobby was not on song today. There, there were some moments where, where you'd expect him to get past his man and keep the ball better, and there were some sloppy uh, touches on the ball. And uh, as they say, Bobby makes us tick. And when he's not on song, neither is our attack. And uh, I think uh, partly, I, I would say there was something about Watford uh, changing their manager. What was this the first game they played uh, with their new one? Am uh, I correct? Yes, yes absolutely. Yeah. So, so I, I felt like there was something about that. Like it, it happened happened last season a couple of times that. We encountered a, play, uh, a team that uh, were playing with a new manager for the first time, and and they they felt like really up up for the battle today, but uh, it it was also about us not 
really, really giving us, uh, really giving our best today. Uh, partly, yes, Firmino. Partly, maybe also Salah missing some chances, uh, also scoring a couple, which is funny. It's starting to be a habit, isn't it? He scores the tough ones, like just like in the Champions League game. And yeah, a couple of stitches, and then then he scores a worldy some, some like some some goal that never never should happen. But you know, Mane I think was one of our better players. I have to say, uh, but you know, let's give uh, for a, a little credit also. I thought they were a lot better than I was expecting. Very good answer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, just looking at a couple of atta- attacking statistics for you. Um, uh, Firmino had two shots, uh, two on target, one key pass, two dribbles. Uh, ended up with a, with a, a, this is according to whoscored.com, a 7.17 rating, which is actually higher than I thought he would he would get. Uh, so there you go. That's why we look at stats and not just our opinion. But Sadio Mane had two shots, one shot on target, uh, one key pass, one dribble. He was offside three times, apparently, Sadio, but there you go. Yeah, Mohamed Salah was our man of the match, statistically. He had seven shots, three on target. He scored two with his right foot, one a gorgeous curling, one into the top corner, and uh, another sort of, uh, I don't know what you call it, what's that trick called? Some kind of step-over flick through the defender's legs. Who needs your left foot, Brian? Was he man of the match for you, Mohamed Salah, as well as for whoscored.com? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he he's he's playing with a smile on his face uh, again, and uh, I listen. I mean, he, the last four goals he scored is with his right foot, <laughs> his weaker foot. Uh, that first goal was just beautiful. Oh, it was just absolutely sublime. That the, the, the cut in, and he takes another touch and just slots it and past the keeper. It was just beautiful. Um, and I listened to a post-match interview with him and Millie, and uh, he's just so chill. He's like, yeah, don't worry, it's okay, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> a bit like Husio. Uh, he's like, he was saying, oh, it was a bit nervy in the crowd towards the end, and he was like, no, it's okay. We we, we, we were all right. We, we know what we're doing. Everybody knows <laughs> what we're doing. <laughs> it's okay. I don't think he was worried at any stage. Um, yeah, he looks. He doesn't look frustrated. I mean, there was a period, you know, there was a period there early on in the season when he, like people were getting on his back for not passing the ball and, and different things. That seems like a, a distant memory now. And um, yeah, he's 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 scoring amazing goals week in week out. He looks like he's almost back to his absolute, you know, best. He just needs to get a little bit more clinical with the with the easier uh the easier chances it seems like it has to be impossible for him to if it's an impossible chance he'll score it but if it's a tap in he might just like sky it into the top stands uh but yeah no he's back to like oh, you, you think he's going to make a difference when you see him on the team sheet now yes he looks to be a lot better so that's that's uh, seven shots today nine shots against Salzburg 16 shots on goal uh, only three goals uh, but uh, three goals in two matches, you could look at it that way as well. Uh, it's extraordinary. Mohamed Salah, um, he will never be underrated a cop on podcast. We absolutely adore him. He is uh, absolutely superb. And it's the way that he processes space that I find incredible. You know, within milliseconds, he knows exactly where to put the ball that the defender doesn't want you know like that turn he did for the first goal uh Yussi was just super wasn't it the the way that he was able to to turn the defender with that little flick play the ball behind his legs and that gave him the time to take one more touch and then again he's processing the space he you know lots of strikers like you know second rate or you know even really good strikers would uh, would have just drilled that ball but he found he looked and processed immediately that the top corner shot was the correct one and then he had the talent to do it what a player is he our is he our best attacker or is it Sadio Mane or you can't choose between them because it's like choosing between your children yeah I suppose you could say that uh, it's like choosing between your children but it's also the truth is there's such a tight unit they they complement each other perfectly and if one was not 
the same the, the the tree was not the same you know if, if, if you get what i mean because uh what bobby does makes sario and mo work perfectly because you know how, how it comes to meet the ball create space behind him and they cut inside and get get through it's is everything is working in, in tandem in, in the way that you, you can't really say who's the best one because if the other ones were, were, weren't, weren't playing the same way the other ones wouldn't be as good as they are and it's hard to say what which is the chicken and which is the egg you know if, if you get what i mean uh, today yeah today today uh Salah get, got the goals but i i think well for for for, for the for the first, it was the first goal, which was the breakaway. You started with Bobby's uh, yeah. blindfold pass again, and and uh, Mo gave the ball to him. Uh, I, I mean, uh, sorry, uh, Sadio gave, gave the ball to Mo, and 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 then there's this. I thought he, he released the ball first. First of all, too too early to Mo. I thought that like he, he's got too much to do. It was. But I suppose Sadio thought that Mo is going to beat the man anyway. He had one on one, and there was lots of days still, especially with the wind uh, on the wrong side of the pitch. Because now that he was shooting with his right foot, he uh, was shooting it against the wind. But perfectly, as as you just said, he could place it in the top corner. But what what you have to take in, into uh, into the equation is that he's shooting against the wind because he's blowing from the that side of the pitch, and it basically make, it makes it work in his it, 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 in his uh, advantage in the situation. It could work against him. It's perfect. I mean, you could easily shoot the ball uh, too too close to the keeper, but now he just swings it just a bit further away from the keeper because he knows the wind is going to blow it back to him. I mean the black back to the goal, and it's just perfect. And when we're talking about right-footed shot with a left-footed player, it was it's really beautiful. I have to say the finishing was absolutely beautiful. Absolutely, yeah, brilliant answer. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, totally, um, superb, supreme stuff. Um, there was almost an own goal, uh, of course, as I alluded to earlier, Brian, with the the mix-up you know of of uh, first joe gomez made an error and then virgil made an error the first of the season but you know as is typical with the man it just rolled harmlessly wide for a corner and that's what they teach the defenders you know i don't know if if uh, the listeners are aware you know you teach a, a defender that if you're going to pass it back always pass it back off target just in case you make a mistake get into that habit so that's a good thing to learn for all defenders out there um big verge was good though and uh, i quite liked our defending another clean sheet having not kept one in i think it was 13 matches now we got three in a row alison becker remember that one-on-one save with dale fail talk to me about our defense <laughs> uh yeah, I mean, I think what uh, Verge has, and we've talked about it endlessly on the show, is uh, when he, you know, fucked up, let's be honest, uh, there, what, what, what happened previously in the past with other defenders that would just play in their head, especially uh, Degsy, right? If he, he made a, a big mistake, he'd be trying to fix it for the next 10, 15 minutes, and then that would just inject chaos into the back four. Whereas when uh, Berge, you know, you know, fucks up, uh, he, straight away he just puts his hand up and goes, "Yeah, that's that's on me." And you just can tell it's finished because he he knows instinctively, he knows intuitively, that's what the team needs, that's what the fans need, that's what the people at home sitting need. They need to look at him and they need to think, "Yeah, he's that's just gone out of his head straight away," and. Uh, yeah, I, th- I thought they looked great. And, uh, you know, talking about Yussi's um, analogy about the chicken and the egg, I think Bobby is the rooster, Mane is the chicken, and Salah is the egg. Oh, oh well, that's controversial. Controversial choices, but okay. That's very good, though. I like it. Um, I, I would say Firmino is 
the I like the rooster shouts. Yes, Firmino is the rooster. Um, but I think Salah is the chicken and Manny is the egg. I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, we're going to have to agree to disagree on that one, Brian. Uh, yeah, but the defending and Alisson Becker, he uh, is pulling off some great saves now. Uh, he looks back, you know, he's not worried about his his muscles. Uh, and that save, you see, that save uh, was, the, I mean, how, what did you feel about it? Was it, was it, were you, were you thinking, you know, I don't know. What were you, what were you thinking? <laughs> uh, this might come as a surprise. Well, maybe not because you're an LFC supporter, but it's something that I'm really grown accustomed to. He, it's his normal day. When he's not the, he's not your regular goalkeeper. He he does that every game if he has to, and uh, and all maybe. <laughs> Maybe it's a bit harsh to say that, but there's something that I've begun, be, begun to expect from him. I, I wasn't even surprised. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, it, he's like that. He's just so... He just gives you such a feeling of security and serenity. He should be a, a mortgage advisor or an insurance salesman or something. You just give him your money and say, there you go, Alison. I trust you. I trust you. Yeah, sure, and and, and in, even this situation, all, all all kinds of situations. Sometimes when when, when he's beaten, I'm just blown away. I'm just so surprised that how how can that be? I mean, like like he didn't quite catch it. How is that possible? It's a, a bit stupid, but you know, it's how it is. Yeah, I trust him like Virgil. Absolutely, absolutely. And and who was your man of the match, Yusi? Well, you'd have to say that if somebody scores two goals in a 2-0 win, it's probably him. And I'd say Mane had a good game also. And, and I have to get, give a really, really special mention to Gomez. He, I think, played his third clean sheet in a row. And we haven't had many. So you have to think like maybe he's got something to do with it it can be uh, also yeah ob- obviously it's it's well it's a little, a little bit something to do with other players on the pitch also but but he played a good game i think really solid nothing special not well a couple of really good uh, situations defending his pace was really helpful today because there were some really dodgy situations uh, which he he mopped up Nicely with his pace, but you know, I think yeah, Salah definitely yeah. Uh, he hadn't, he didn't finish all the chances so well. Again, maybe his best chance, he scuffed the shot with his right foot. But uh, again, two goals, one ex- exquisite goal, one one really good. Uh, well, I yeah, you you should say two exquisite goals really shouldn't you you can both 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 were really really good but he just makes that one-on-one look ridiculously easy he just the way he back heels it between his legs and the the, the, the defender is left there just standing here it, it just looks so ridiculously easy and is everything but you, you think the other player is close enough to get to the ball but no he shoots before it and it's top corner you know some people that just make really, really difficult things look ridiculously easy, and he's one of them. Certainly, he's one of them. Absolutely. Good call. Yeah, I would have to agree. Yeah, Mohamed Salah, man of the match, Liverpool, top of the league. Brilliant stuff. Let's uh, zoom out now, gentlemen. Let's talk about the general, uh, what's been happening, because it's, it's been a quiet week for Liverpool. Um, of course, uh, three major... Uh, stories all breaking in the last forty-eight hours, as we from when we're recording this. Um, uh, we'll we'll deal with them chronologically. First of all, Minamino, whoa, Mini Firmino, Mini Me, uh, the the the. I don't know what we what can we call him. He'll probably be called the Japanese Messi or something ridiculous like that by the by somebody um, before too long. I'm not going to call him that. I'm just going to call him Takumi Minamino. That's his name after all. Uh, Brian, I'm really excited about this one. 7.5 million. I'm so excited. I put a Twitter poll up and that's what happens when I'm excited. I start polling and my, my, 
My, my question was, who is the greater genius, Albert Einstein, Leonardo da Vinci, or Michael Edwards? And 91% of people all agreed with me that Michael Edwards puts those other two chances to bed. 91% people say that he's probably the greatest genius of all time, by inference. Do you agree, Brian? Do you agree? Where's his papers? Where's Michael Edwards' papers? Where's he published? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he is. He's amazing. Uh, and what I particularly like about uh, Takanomi, is that, am I pronouncing that correctly? I, I, Takumi. Uh, Takanomi. Takumi. Let's go. Yeah, Takumi. Um, is apparently United wanted to sign him and they didn't know about his release clause. Oh, that just tickles me. That just, <laughs> like, that's put, a that's put a smile on my face all week. We are handing them their flabby asses on a plate, left, right and centre, even off the pitch. And uh, I watched that game um, earlier on the week, which was a brilliant game, and I was talking to my buddy over here. And immediately we said, there's like the shades of Monaco about that team. There's just, there's a lot of, there's, a, there's at least three or four really good players that will just be picked off. Um, and he was top of the list. Um, the obvious one is Hagland. Um, but uh, Takumi, yeah, what a player. Seven and a half million. <laughs> I mean, that's just ridiculous. It really is. It's such, and it sends a, a great signal to the rest of the league, particularly to City. It's like, we're not sleeping. We're on top of things. We are absolutely on top. Such a clever signing. I mean, I think everybody in world football agrees. We are the number one club on the planet right now for signing players. We have just been killing it for three seasons. And he's just another genius signing. I can't wait to see him in a Liverpool shirt. He's going to be amazing. Absolutely. A yeah, great answer. Yeah, I mean, we're certainly up there. I mean, who could rival us in the past three seasons? Maybe Dortmund, but they're not the European champions. They're not absolutely killing this Premier League season. You see, these are glory days. And uh, Minamino's just going to add to it, isn't he? We've got options, you see. We've got, you know, let's just, I'll just quickly go through, uh, just for the record, our attackers, our attacking players. We've got Sadio Mane, Salah, Minamino, Cater, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Shakiri, and Divock, with Jones and Elliot as two sort of whiz kids. I mean, you could, you might as well just play a, a sort of one-zero-nine formation, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, did you mention Firmino? Oh my word! I might have, I, I might have forgotten the Bobby. I might have forgotten the Rooster. Excuse me. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, you know. I know what you mean. Uh, we're we're spoiled with uh, with good good striking options and 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 I think um, Minamino was exactly the club type of player as he probably has already. And he doesn't like to talk too much when when the transfer is completely finished. I suppose it's only about the the, the medical, as we know from the Fakir. <laughs> transfer saga that it isn't over until it's over but um, I'm sure it's not going to be the same this time because because they are announced it uh, announcing it so 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 openly apart from club but anyway you know uh, I think he suits our system in in the perfect way and I, I think I even even I would go as far as to say that we didn't even need him, but we had the chance of getting him with such a good price that we could not buy him now. And uh, that's saying something about the quality that we have up front. I don't think we were specifically looking for anybody on the market to fill this gap, but it, it was more like we were getting into this uh, transfer because it was possible at the time and they were willing to sell. And, and, and the, the thing is, the price was set already, not because they wanted to have that much money, but because, you know, well, well, you know how it is with the clause. They were willing to sell now, and that's why, 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 why we uh, jumped on the situation, because it was possible. Not because we needed to, but because we could, and it was a good option to do. 
Yeah, well, yeah, totally, absolutely. It's a good point. And I like the way that we apparently have a really good um, uh, relationship with Red Bull Salzburg and the Red Bull franchise, Leipzig as well. It's very important, isn't it? Because I think, um, you know, with City and the City group buying clubs all over the world and they're basically going to turn them into feeder clubs for from Manchester City. I mean, I don't know what's what's uh, legal about that, but I mean, they, they've. I'm not. I don't have any legal qualifications. So what do I know uh, as to what's legal or not? They've got away with FFP. They've got away with this kind of thing. So I think by having strong ties to a, you know, a, a brilliant, wonderful business model and and sporting model as Red Bull is only going to help us, isn't it? But yes, I mean now that. Now that I've remembered Bobby Firmino, I think we can afford to rest two players, can't we? Um, yeah, uh, see, we can afford to rest two of our front three, I mean. So let's say Bobby and Salah are now rested, or God forbid injured, then you've got Mane, Minamino and Divock coming in. And I'd be happy with that against 99.9%, maybe even 100% of teams. Bring on your Barcelona with Mane, Minamino and Origi up front. It's intriguing, isn't it? It is, but you have to remember that that's what we did against Barcelona. We beat them 4-0 at home. We, we were missing Firmino and we were missing Salah. Yes, I, 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 I watched that pretty much uh, about five times a day. Uh, have you? I know. Have you... I, I need to say, but <laughs> well, seriously, thinking about it, like it's not unprecedented. It's not like we we haven't been a, 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 in that kind of situation before, and it's it's kind of funny that it, you see sometimes, like well, you you see multiple times a day on Twitter that people are was city fans are complaining that. They've been really unlucky with uh, with injuries, and and Liverpool have been so lucky. Think about who we've been lacking this season because of injuries. I mean, we've had so many different injuries. Uh, Alisson to start with, and then there's been Lawrence also always injuries, of course. But there's been Shakiri, there's been uh, Matip is also again injured. Gomez has been injured. Uh, Salah, uh, Robertson, there's so many, and seriously, can't say that we haven't been tested in, in that way. But you know, the way Jurgen has been, uh, has us playing at the moment, everyone knows our tasks, and you know, uh, just before when we started with Origi and and Shaq, many people were thinking like, no, this is going to be tough, but almost everything, but now that that was. That was Everton, wasn't it? That's kind of funny, yeah. even, even if it was Everton. Yeah, Everton. <laughs> we, we, start with, we start our derby with two of our best attackers uh, at the bench. <laughs> That's going to hurt the Everton fans. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Seriously, we're just taking a piss out of that line right now. <laughs> Well, and why not? I mean, you know, I mean, it's uh, it's uh, it should be a national sport. I mean, an, an Olympic event. The next, well, the Olympics 2024 are in Paris. I'm going to personally start a petition to get laughing at Everton included in that one because I live in Paris. I'm going to try and use all my contacts to make that happen. Um, Brian, <laughs> Brian. Um, you know, speaking of Jurgen and how he's getting the boys playing, the main man himself signed a new contract extension uh, um, to 2024. It's an extra two years. So instead of us already, sadly, being over halfway through uh, his reign, his marvellous, glorious reign as Liverpool manager, we've got another two years of the boss. That's another roughly 30% of time and space to have the best manager of, in the world in our dugout. Is this the kind of thing, I mean, they say that it warms the cockles of your heartstrings, doesn't it? Oh, it's just dreamy. I'm in love. I have a massive man crush on Jürgen <laughs> Klopp. <laughs> really, I'm questioning things at the moment. I'm just thinking, the way yeah. you said and that. Who <laughs> right? I think all, there's a lot of men around the world going, hmm, 
<laughs> like you just said, like he's going to be around for another four years. I'm like, that just makes me so happy. It really does. I'm like, this is great. I don't care what he does. I just want to hear his voice twice a week <laughs> talking about anything. He could be talking about gardening and I'd be right behind him. Like, yes, Jürgen, that's right. Plant those seeds. Dig that compost. You were so right. <laughs> such a good guy I mean just a great manager as well and uh, even I uh, look the way he announced he was uh, staying on just so classy you know he he, he just like just before Christmas and we're, we're like it here it's going well we want to stick around and uh, there'll be a few people who won't be happy about that he, he does everything with good grace and good humor oh but uh, but do you yeah. think do you think it was just a coincidence or was it maybe premeditated that it was happening on the day of the election? Because we were getting oh. a, 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 I mean, a, a, it wasn't really my uh, news, but for England it was well, you know for Britain it was really bad news about the election. Maybe yeah. you know could you have something that, to do with that? He said that it was planned to lift the spirits. That's something that was my favorite quote about the whole thing that it was sort of planned the announcement, you know, they knew about it a few days ago, but you know, it was they did sort of mention it now as a sort of pick me up from the absolute horrors of British politics and the British election. Uh, so I thought that was brilliant. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's one thing to watch America Uh, elect, you know, one of the greatest imbeciles of all time. But it's another thing when it's, uh, you know, Britain as well, and and when eighty percent of of the whole city of Liverpool voted Labour, and they've got to deal with that, that uh, you know, cop on. I mean, we 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 support freedom of speech here. That complete jerk off uh, for another five years. Uh, so you know, to have five more years of Jurgen. I mean, you see, I saw your video reaction. It really touched me. You were really emotional about it. How, how, I mean, you, you love Jürgen as much as, as Brian does, maybe? For me, Jürgen is the superstar of the team. Absolutely. He, he's, he's something that I, I, I can't even describe. I mean, he's just as big as uh, Shankly or Paisley for me. I mean, seriously, he's laying some sort of foundation that we haven't had in place before. And, and now everything seems so much easier, like everything, transfers, football, tactics, whatever, like everything seems really natural now. And I feel safe the way I haven't felt safe in ages. And we, all, we can all relate to that because it hasn't been that the, the way since the 90s, I suppose. But, you know, Jürgen, is, he, he's the superstar of the team for me and, and everything else happens because of him and if, if he goes I'm not so certain what happens of, of course I have to say uh, I, uh, I thought the way we were handling things it was it it was like it felt like we were trying to groom Pep Linders to be to be the next one as uh, Paisley came after Shankly and and I thought like maybe it's going to work and I, I didn't feel so threatened in the, in a way but but Hearing that news, this it, uh, <laughs> I felt really stupid, bursting into tears uh, at work, and I, I was really glad the corridor was empty <laughs> when it happened because I, when I saw the news, I just I couldn't help myself. I was so happy about that. It was the it, it was the best news I had I had in I don't know how how many years maybe ever. <laughs> it, was, it felt like a bit silly, but you know. I could I mean how how, how do you explain how do, how do you explain it to another person who doesn't follow football or who who or doesn't understand how how it feel, feels like to be a, a Liverpool fan it, it, it's impossible it's impossible to 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 uh, to to put into words exactly what this what this club means to to us as as fans what it, you know what the manager means to us it's it's so hard but i understand you don't have to you know we all understand the listeners too it does it means everything to us it means everything uh, football i mean obviously it's not the most important thing in life but it just it's just um, a drama that we're all part of and we all feel with such passion the passion we have for our club you don't need to you know feel like it's uh, you know like it's it's something to, it's wrong and i know people who who don't like football 
Um, and I just don't understand them. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it's beautiful to be a Reds fan. Beautiful to have Jurgen at the helm. And I just want to ask you, Brian, about, you know, just to go over some of the great highlights of Jurgen Klopp's reign. I mean, let's go back to the start. You know, 2015, October 2015, he, uh, you know, inherited a side that uh, was, you know, had a lot of critics. Uh, but, you know, the Europa League, that's what stands out for me. Man United and then Dortmund and reaching the final. We lost two finals that season. That was over overachieving, wasn't it, with that with that squad? Yeah, I mean, um, I remember when he when I found out that he signed and I was like, I instinctively knew he was just perfect for it. I mean, he was the best possible manager we could ever hope for. And he was so right for us. And uh, almost straight away, the pressing started, you know, the I think, you know, ask any football fan, you know, not, not Liverpool fan, but any football fan what they want from their team. And the minimum requirement football fans like to see from the team is that they just put a shift in. They want to feel like the players are, are having a go. And sometimes when your club is not in the right place and your football team is not in the right place, you get, you get a sense that there's, there's players out there that are not putting a shift in. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, Daniel Sturridge, you know, that's a good player, but sometimes he, he was a little bit pedestrian uh, in his, in his, uh, in his um, efforts. Um, but, you know, early on, uh, almost straight away, it just became fun to be a Liverpool fan. And he started to manage the narrative almost immediately. I mean, he's a, he's a genius at, uh, I wouldn't say public relations, but he understands how important stories are in football. And uh, straight away, he started to reprogram the fan base. You know, one of my pet gripes for a long time was the fact that we used to sing songs about players from the the seventies and the eighties. And it's like, well, we've got players here. Like these players need, I mean, I understand why we sang those songs, but the players that were on the pitch, they're the players that need the songs now, not those players. They've had their songs. And I think he kind of changed the, the atmosphere at Anfield and around the club. And immediately he said, look, history let's just leave that history it's brilliant it's lovely but we're going to start writing our own history now and i think the key thing he said was we're going to turn the doubters into believers and that was it that was like that's all we needed to hear uh we all and he made the he made the fans a part of the squad you know we all feel like we're kicking the ball out there obviously we're not right but Every week, I feel like I'm part of the, the preparation for the game. <laughs> like, I feel like I have to be on my game because Jürgen's told me to be on my game and I'm going to come <laughs> correct <laughs> every game. And any time we don't come correct, somebody gets injured. So, you know, I make sure I come correct to every single game now. Um, <laughs> and, you know, what people don't realise, I, I don't understand why the pundits don't pick up on this, but, I mean, he's been to three European finals in a row, not just two. We went to the Europa European final, then the Champions League final, then the Champions League final again. I mean, it's, it's a, what he's achieved at Liverpool is just nothing short of a miracle. And I just think we're very, very lucky because the stars have just aligned perfectly. He's a great guy. I think our owners are great people. I think we've got a bunch of really smart, aggressive hungry people at the club in every aspect of the club and they're all working in perfect unison right now and i think all the other clubs know it they're like they're i mean including pep he knows it he can see the writing on the wall you know they they seem they have a lot of work to do there i think like with that squad and and uh and whatnot um, but we just go from strength to strength and uh one thing about that uh signing about minamino uh, somebody else pointed out, I think it might have been uh, Paul over at Redman. Uh, he was saying, that's the kind of thing that Chelsea used to do when they were winning the league. You know, they'd be like they'd, they'd be like six or eight points ahead and they'd always sign another player in January. A good, not like a squad player, but a player that, you could, that could start and that would just freshen up the squad. 
um, and and put people on their toes. And I and I get the sense with the with the uh, contract for Millie, the contract for Klopp, the signing of this new brilliant player that everybody likes and whole, all of Europe was looking at. It just sets us up for another boost going into January. You know, when we get through these uh, get through these games, we're we're not resting on our laurels. And you know it's, the job is only half done, even though we're in an amazing place. But nobody's taking anything for granted here, and uh, yeah, oh, it's just brilliant. So much fun. It is extraordinary, extraordinary fun. You're absolutely right. Um, Jurgen is everything we could possibly dream for in a manager. Um, he's he's optimistic. He's tactically brilliant. Uh, but, you know, you've just got so many memories that keep flooding back. Um, apart from, obviously, the obvious ones, Barcelona, uh, things like that. This, you know, I remember Man United in the Europa League, uh, us, abs- you know, deserving to win in two legs. And I was surprised at that. I know Man United also weren't, you know, the best team in the world at that point. But I was surprised how how well we sort of trounced them in two legs. And there's something that stands out... You know, another thing over these four years so far of of having Jurgen, these four fantastic years, um, is I don't I don't understand. I still I'm still trying to work it out. Like today, the first half, Watford had a couple of air shots and they should have probably scored both. Um, um, in the second half, they didn't get a look in, and this is very. Apart from when we almost scored an own goal. Oh, there was the one-on-one, excuse me, with Deo Lefeu and the brilliant save by Alisson. But in general, Alisson, apart from that, was untroubled. And there's a way that Liverpool plays and Jurgen Klopp sets out his team that just stops space and it stops the attack. And it doesn't matter if you're if you're Lewandowski, it doesn't matter if you're Lionel Messi or Suarez. You just end up not having a kick because the organisation is so good. And I, I think Jurgen Klopp's intelligence... Uh, football brain and how he sets up a team is underrated, underappreciated by everyone outside of the Liverpool family. But we know just how brilliant a tactician he is, don't we, Yusi? Oh, absolutely. But it's also something to do with long-term planning of his because um, what he has been producing was... As as it was pointed out before, that we started with with the relentless pressing, and and what what you saw in the first game when Jurgen was in charge, Adam Lallana like just running his his socks off, and he was one of the players he really took to the high press, really really well from the start, but from then on we we, we started like working with, with with other issues like. Because we at first we were leak, first season we were leaking goals a bit too much and we got new plays in uh, later on Virgil and uh, Allison and so on but but also this season we've started with a, a bit higher press uh, the, the our defense line has been higher but we conceded a little bit goals but, but as Jurgen said. This season, the topic is that he's going to stop, make us a bit more, you know, like uh, creative. And as he said before already, that it's going to probably lead into conceded goals. And that, unsurprisingly, it's what happened, but also we are winning more games. And he's constantly improving on something. Also, uh, we, we didn't used to be a threat in set pieces nowadays we are and we are not conceding from set pieces as we used to be as you probably really really well both of you remember when lucas was conceding those <laughs> silly fouls and we were always just threatening <laughs> like dredging what's going to happen and and nowadays it's both offensive set pieces defensive set pieces were really really good both ways and it's it's so much to do with long term planning and 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 also the biggest thing about Jurgen is that the way he sets his whole team to do one task and we we are we're working as a unit and it's working as, as you said today 
defending is not about one player doing a certain thing, or, but the whole whole team doing a certain thing. And it's working a treat at the moment. It sure is. It sure is. I mean, it's so. I mean, it's it's um, it's the best Liverpool team I've ever seen. Um, something that something that Brian mentioned before uh, alluded to a new contract for Jimmy Milner. More good news. More good news. What a week it's been. Uh, you know, two clean sheets, two victories, progression in the Champions League, new deal for Kloppo, a deal for the very exciting Minamino for, you know, what what amounts to, you know, pennies and a couple of cold chips for Salzburg. Uh, and now Jimmy Milner's new deal. Brian, um, Jimmy Milner has, has played for had played for five clubs before joining Liverpool. Uh, and as Simon Brundish pointed out on Twitter, um, he's now played more, scored more, assisted more for Liverpool than any of his pr- five previous clubs. He's a red, Jimmy Milner's a red, and uh, he can just carry on forever, can't he? Yeah, he, uh, he's, oh, he's unbelievable. He's just brilliant. He's just, again... We've got so many of these characters at the club. He's just um, top lads. <laughs> you know, there's no other way to describe him. And and he's a pro's pro. He's like every manager for as long as I can remember has all wanted to have James Milner in their team. Uh, it makes me giggle because my uh, my buddy's a big uh, mank, and uh, he he wanted to sign James Milner practically every season for the last, for as long as I can remember. And uh and then when he went to uh City he was sick. And then when he went signed for us, he you know, he basically said, Oh, he's he's past it. He's like, this guy is never gonna pass it. He's gonna be playing when he's forty four. He'll be the first premiership player in his forties. The guy's a machine. Every single season, pre season, he is the last man standing. Uh, you know, he's his genetics is, is <laughs> you know, he, he's been sent from the future, I think, you know. Um, yeah, no, he's just great. And, he, and he's, the, he's the kind of character you want in and around the dressing room um, because he, he obviously has a great sense of humor, but he's all business as well. You could just see it. He's just no nonsense um, um, kind of guy. And we just, these characters that we have now, James Milner, um, Van Dyke, even um, Hendo, strong, strong characters, good humor, but they're just winners. You can see they're kind of they're, they're single single focus. And 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 Millie's got medals, right? You know, he's one of the few players before we we won the biggest prize in football. Uh, he's one of the few players in the in the squad that is a champion, and he knows what it is like. Until you get there, until you get that medal, you don't you, you don't know. And he knows that there's no room for error, right? You just kind of keep pushing until you get there. And uh, yeah, no, he's he's amazing, and I'm just so so happy that he's he's been able to carry on and playing to such a high level. Um, and I still I still think we'll get another couple of years out of him for sure. Yeah, he's a good laugh too. Yeah, as you could. You, you yeah. probably saw, saw or heard him say about his contract that that Jurgen was playing, <laughs> waiting for his contract to be solved before he was signing his. <laughs> it was brilliant. I was he just laughing the, my is, ass off. Yeah, he's the funniest footballer that's yeah, ever absolutely. existed. <laughs> he, he literally. Can you think of anybody funnier than James Milner? No. I mean, he could oh, be a stand-up comic if he wanted to. He's so, his Twitter game is off the charts. Is, <laughs> that, pic, that picture of him ironing uh, everything about him, wonderful. I have a test. I think I've mentioned it once or twice before on, on, on this podcast. I have a test for famous people, if they're footballers or whatever, politicians, whatever. Um, very simple test. Uh, would you invite them for a barbecue? And Jimmy Milner, I mean, I'd let him, I mean, I'd let him man... Man, the chicken wings. He can flip those wings. He can take over at the fire. He, I rate him that highly. And there is no higher praise on Cop On Podcast than leaving barbecue duty to anyone. Uh, so I want on that note, um, I'm getting a bit hungry. 
Um, Leicester are still hungry for a goal. There's 75 minutes gone in that, so I think I might just watch the last 15 minutes. And uh, I don't know, gentlemen, I just want to say thank you very much, very, very, very much to Brian in Hong Kong and to Yusi in Finland. Thanks, guys, and enjoy sailing on this cloud of joy. So there we have it, as the flame of this episode sputters to the end of its wick. May I simply remind you that you may follow us on Twitter, at Podcast. You may send us your hate mail, nudie pics, malware and or ransom notes to coponpodcast at gmail.com. And the most important thing to remind you of is that I most sincerely thank you again, the gorgeous, beautiful listener, for listening. The Reds are top top by loads of points. There are great challenges ahead. Nothing is finished. But if anyone can keep fighting, keep flying and keep biting, it's these rocking, rolling vampire reds. <laughs>